0: subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
1: Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance, helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at IBM.com slash governance. IBM. Let's
2: create
3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E
4: dot
5: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words of Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. This episode is exclusively brought to you by Top Shelf Records. And for those of you not in the know, I will make you in the know. It's a great label from the Boston area run by Seth and Kevin, two great dudes, put out a ton of awesome stuff, including the guest this week, Pianos Become the Teeth. They put out uh, all of their previous stuff, a really, really great label. I'm excited that they wanted to come on and sponsor this show. And I specifically wanted to talk to you about an artist of theirs called You Blew It. I picked up their last LP. It was awesome. It was just one of those things where you listen to it, you just heard the fun. They seem to have fun playing music together. They seem to have fun recording it. And even though that sounds like such a simple thing... It makes all of the difference when you are actually listening to it as a consumer. They have a new record coming out next year called Keep Doing What You're Doing. The track I'm going to play you is called Award of the Year Award, which is perfect for this time of the year. So let's listen to a little bit of that, then I'll tell you a little bit more. So yeah, that was that track. Pretty fucking rad, right? I think you should pre-order it because you can do so immediately at topshelfrecords.com. They've also relaunched their website and it features a bunch of new stuff. If you're like already familiar with Top Shelf and you're like, yo, I get it. I visited the website like once every few months. For those of you that are interested in vinyl, they've got their discography section up now because they have all of the pressings and all of the nerd stuff that you care about. You blew it. I have a feeling this record is going to make the rounds, as they say. Even though it's coming out in January, I think by the end of 2014, a lot of people will start to be like, dude, that record really, really good, and this should probably be in my year-end list. So maybe I'm just thinking that because that's kind of as far as my own year-end list. And the band is on tour with The Front Bottoms from January 9th until February 1st of 2014. So the band is You Blew It. The record is... Is called Keep Doing What You're Doing. It's out January 14th, but you can pre-order it now. All the vinyl packages and everything else you want is at TopShelfRecords.com. Support them. Awesome people. It's cold here in Southern California. And by cold, I mean like low 50s, which for the rest of you is like, yo, that's warm in the winter. I've got, like, seven feet of snow around me. I have to dig my car out. I can't even leave the house. But uh, I can leave the house. It's just a little cold, you know? I gotta put in a sweatshirt. (laughs) I just always love people complaining about weather out here because we don't have seasons, really. Oh, we vary between, you know, 55 degrees and 75 degrees. And when it, like, goes above or below that, then that's when we're like, oh, dude, this is some serious shit right now. (laughs) But anyways, the guest this week is Mr. Kyle Durfee again, I never asked the guests how to pronounce their last name, but Kyle is the lead vocalist for a band called Pianos Become the Teeth, which is, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it. One of my favorite bands to exist right now. I identify with them on so many different levels and Kyle and I had never met up until like earlier this year. Um, and then I just was able to kind of gush about him and his band. And then he turned around and said, hey, I really, really like the podcast you do. And it was like, oh, wow, it's pretty cool when that stuff kind of comes full circle. So anyways, more on him in a minute. Let's talk about propertyofzack.com. Visit that site. They're doing a lot of year-end wrap-up content stuff. So uh, dive in there. You'll be able to find all of the best stuff that happened in 2013, especially from a musical perspective. So visit that site and become educated. Also, this is the last time I'm going to bug you. We're doing a uh, survey I work with an advertising agency called The Midroll, and uh, we got to get information about those of you who are listening. I would really appreciate if you dove on to this website, themidroll.com backslash survey backslash words. I know it's kind of a pain in the butt to type, but uh, yeah, if you hop on to any of the 100 Words podcast social networks, you'll, you'll, you'll get that link and you can contribute in that fashion. Because, yeah, we just need to know who we're talking to. That's basically it, because I have no idea. I have some sense of it. It's, uh, you know, males and females. It's people with ears. That's basically all I know. And uh, for those of you that have been following the show religiously, you also know that uh, the schedule on the release dates have changed. I used to do new shows on Tuesdays, but now I do Wednesdays. And I promise that is the last public service announcement for that. So new episodes are on Wednesdays. And uh, visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. Over the course of pretty much the last half of December, I'm going to be posting a bunch of fun stuff from previous guests. They are kind enough to give some time and give some thoughts in regards to their own personal years, whether it's like the top five records of the year, top five things they did that year, whatever. I'm just trying to get it. To be, you know, original because I mean, everybody gets lists and that everyone loves lists. And so I'm obviously doing that as well. Um, I did it last year and it was awesome because I got a lot of feedback from it when I just did it out of a, a lark. So pay attention to the site. You will become educated. One thing I wanted to speak about before we uh, before I talked about Kyle a little bit more. So I was listening to a recent interview with uh, Marilyn Manson, which is, um, I know, random, But uh, he was on a podcast I listened to. Because basically, for those of you that don't know, I mean, I just I listen to so many damn podcasts. And um, that's basically all I listen to unless I'm sitting at my desk working, which I'm usually listening to vinyl at that point. There are very rare instances where I'm listening to music in the car unless someone else is in the car with me because I'm not going to punish them to my weird podcast tastes. He said something that really, really resonated with me and something that I wanted to share with you because of the society that we live in currently it's difficult to have contexts for things. I feel like this is something I'm trying to obviously accomplish with the show as well. Build you a picture of who this person is and obviously the sort of creative energy that they are putting forth and where it comes from. Because ultimately that will not only endear you to the person more, but give you a sense of who they are and why they do what they do. Because You don't get any sense of context when you're just obviously popping onto a Facebook page, when you're popping onto a Wikipedia page. Like, you can be very learned about a certain subject in regards to reading about it. But if you're not using that in relation to other things that happened during that time, i.e. providing a context, it's really difficult. Abbott and Costello. I would venture a guess that people 30 years and younger, 30 years old and younger, have no idea who Abbott and Costello are. They maybe know the name, but they've never watched anything. They've never heard who's on first. And it's like, these things, I mean, granted, this is obviously close to 100 years ago that those things existed, but again, it's not provided in any sort of context. A person could read through the entire Wikipedia entry on Lou Abbott and Costello and not be able to understand how big comedians they were at the time. I don't know. It just got me thinking, and like, ultimately that's another reason why I do this show. Just to provide and build a sort of narrative and a context for how all of these things kind of interplay with one another. Independent music is such an important part of my life, and I know probably just as important as it is to you, you want to have something to document it. Not to say that these digital files will live forever because in 20 years, something will have probably moved along and then I'll be like, oh wow, remember all those hours and hours of time I spent on this? It's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And it was worth it for that period of time where this medium is important. I think it needs to be documented. So it just got me thinking, and I wanted to share with you. It's like, I always love to have that sort of direct feedback from you guys when I say something and it resonates with you from that perspective. Let's talk about Kyle. Pianos Become the Teeth is a great band from the Maryland area. I became privy to them, I'd say their first EP that came out on Top Shelf Records. To say that it affected me is an understatement. It really, really stuck with me in ways that new records just don't have a tendency to do. And so for the rest of that year, I just kept revisiting that record. It just, it it spoke to me. And then I saw them a few times and I don't know, it just really cemented that band within my own musical likes and loves. And I just felt like they were doing so many things that really appealed to me. I would wanted to have Kyle on the show for a long time We finally were able to connect over the phone. I originally wanted to do this in person, but uh, I knew that he wasn't going to be in my area or vice versa for quite some time. Here's what transpired Kyle's a great dude, and I will let the interview do the talking. I mean, it was it was with your first, well, Old Pride. I wish I could remember who introduced me to it, but basically it was one of those things where, because all music is obviously cyclical, and like, like you know, whatever, bands like Daylight Now, where it's like, oh, hey, like, that kind of sounds like Nirvana, and that happened in the early right. 90s, and Old Pride was given to me in the context of, like, this kind of sounds like what Taken was doing back in, you know, like, late 90s, you know, like, right. Yeah. That,
2: yeah.
5: You know, not saying it in a derogatory sense, but like, no, hey, no, no.
1: But hey, well, I then, like your band, so I'm not okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm, and nothing makes me more happy. I just immediately fell in love with it. Not only just because you know stylistically, like both of our bands could have played together if we existed at the same time, but for, for the, sure. but just the the idea of like actually you know being, for lack of a better term, like you know honest and emotive without being cheesy. Because there's that mm-hmm. there's that whole line that I think, especially within that genre, that particular genre of music where it's like, you know, hey, you're melodic and yet you're heavy, yet you also share your feelings about things
2: <laughs> right there,
5: there's a tendency of being like you know overly emotional and like overly you know dramatic just because they feel like they have to express themselves that way you know mm-hmm. and like i didn't get the sense of that with you guys at all
1: well, thanks,
5: man. I <laughs> yeah and it, it, i mean i'm sure like the the intention of obviously when you guys started to put together the band that old pride like you guys sounded pretty fully fleshed out at that time as far as like what you wanted to do creatively as a band like did you feel that was a proper representation of what you guys were, you know, trying to accomplish with that first release?
1: Well, that was really the first thing that, well the first music we wrote with the the lineup that we have now, because before we wrote, we put out an EP called Saltwater and that was like, a, except for me and Mike, the guitarist that was a completely different lineup, Right. Um, had, had like different guitarist, bassist, drummer, and then we also had a synth player at the time um, so we wrote that EP and then we were trying to tour more and actually like do something with the band and everybody was like pretty much like totally cool with it. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Go do it. You know, find replacements, whatever. So we found replacements and then we like, we had all those people learn the old songs. And then, um, after that we are just like, Oh well, yeah, we should, I guess we should just write a record. You know, that's what you do. So that was really just our first time writing music with one another. That wasn't like stuff that was already written. You know what I mean? Um, it really was, for lack of a better word, just, like, a very honest record. It was just like, hey, let's just try to write a solid record that we would want to listen to. We were still kind of working on how to write with one another in a way because everyone had such different tastes at the time. Mm-hmm. So, it like, kind of, we didn't really have a goal. We were just trying to write cool songs for yeah. that record, you know. And, like, I, I think looking back on it, we're all still really happy with what it was just because it was kind of our first, like, go at it kind of. Yeah, together.
5: I mean, I'm sure you look back at, like, the, you know, older material, like the Saltwater EP, and you're just, you know, it's kind of cringeworthy, um, where you're like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm you're, like, sure. <laughs> not, you're like, not a fan of that, you No, know, the the current incarnation of what you are doing, that you can look back on, you know, the first output and be like, hey, that doesn't suck, like, that's not bad. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, we're stoked. <laughs> yeah,
5: because you live in Baltimore currently, correct?
1: Right. Uh, so
5: born and raised there?
1: Uh, no. Well, my, both my mom and my dad are from, um, upstate New York. My mom was from Springville and my dad, uh, was from Elmira. But then my dad was in the army, so we moved around a little bit. Like, I lived in Texas when I was younger. Um, I lived, I was born in Virginia, actually, and we lived up in upstate New York for a while. But then we got in, a. Not to be immediately, but we (laughs) we, we got in a car accident that was pretty substantial when I was like four. Oh, wow. I I was okay. Well, I had to get surgery, but I was okay. But my dad pretty much crushed like every, he just like destroyed his legs in the car accident pretty much. Uh So a lot of surgeries, a lot of stuff like that, but obviously he couldn't really be in the army anymore. He got a good job being an imagery analyst for the government. Oh, OK. So we ended up moving. He got a job in D.C. So I lived in Crofton, which is like 40 minutes south of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I lived there since I was like seven. Okay. And then seven, seven until like 22 when I moved to Baltimore. OK. So I'm pretty much like a Maryland guy. You know, I moved around when I was younger. But my life, as I remember it, pretty much is in Maryland.
5: You were an army brat, essentially. What? Uh... Yeah, for sure. What did your what did your dad do for the army?
1: Um he he was an imagery analyst. I don't know all the ins and outs yeah, of it, but yeah. I <laughs> guess he he worked in Desert Storm um like detecting tanks and stuff like that. Like a lot of stuff he couldn't even really say what I mean he was like or thing but he couldn't really say like yeah. what he was doing because he was like helping detect. Of course. Dangerous things, you know, like missiles maybe or tanks or like Enemy vehicles, stuff like that. So he was pretty he's pretty up there in the ranks doing like really important stuff at the time. That's crazy. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah.
5: I, I, I could totally see that being like, you know, he he comes home and obviously is like, Well, I, I can't discuss anything of what I did today.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a good day at work and that's it. Yeah. yeah.
5: Was your mom basically at home with you?
1: Pretty much was a stay at home mom for a while. She used to be a nurse mm-hmm. and then when like she went to nursing school when she was younger, she was a nurse for a while, but then uh when we were born, my sister and I um she stayed home but then Later, we were a little bit older. She started working at a daycare center, like right next to our house, just because she just to working with kids and stuff like that. And like, it wasn't even really a job for her; it was just kind of like, "Hey, I'm doing this," you know?
5: Yeah. And is your sister younger or older than you?
1: She is older by four years. I'm 29, so that'll make her 33 now.
5: Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. I can't. I can't yeah. No,
5: no, yeah. You, you, as long as you're within a year or two, you're fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like once we were growing, my mom was working at the daycare center. And then once my dad got diagnosed with MS, she pretty much stopped working and was like his primary caretaker. So yeah. That's yeah. how that went.
5: And so, like you said, your formative years were basically, you know, all your memories exist within the, you know, Baltimore area. Yeah, for sure. And, and your your mom wasn't overly affected with that horrible accident that you were in?
1: Like, a, you can't even see it anymore, but she, like, hit her head in the accident, it had a, like, big scar above her eyebrow, but that was it. And then I was in the back seat. We had just put seatbelts seatbelt in the car, which is nuts, but the seatbelt hit me so hard that I was bleeding internally,
2: Oh so, uh,
1: wow. They they yeah they had to go in and do surgery on that but then after that I was I was fine, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah my dad was the one who like pretty much got destroyed in that wreck.
5: That's crazy. So like was the accident your guys or you know your car's fault or did you just get broadsided?
1: No, yeah, it was the other car's fault. We were it was actually really lucky cuz we were driving right past uh the military base and I guess we were going straight and this car was turning coming the opposite way, turning left into the military base, I guess, and just like trying to beat us. And we just like, I think we just slammed right into them.
5: That's crazy. Yeah. I, I presume you don't remember that at all. I,
1: I don't. Which is it, good. It's, Which it's, is it's good. Thing, it's like, for sure. Like it's, it's such a serious thing in my family's history, but, like, I I know, like, specific pieces about it, but I don't really know everything about it, which is kind of strange now I think about it, but really, maybe it's for the best. Well, yeah,
5: you're, I mean, yeah, you're so young, you know what you're told. That's all you remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And plus, they're not going to give me all, like, the gory details when I'm, (laughs) Four. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. Hey, Kyle, here we go. This this horrific thing happened. We have to tell you blow by blow. You know, like, your, your upbringing, would you, uh, you know, did you guys have kind of a pretty, you know, idyllic, you know, sort of brother and sister, sort of uh, family uh, situation where it was like, okay, this felt, uh, you know, comfortable and, like, there wasn't a lot of strife internally within the family. Like, how was your vision of that?
1: Yeah, we had a, I mean, everybody has, like, every family has their own issues and stuff like that. But overall, yeah, we were a pretty happy family. I feel extremely lucky with, like, the way I was brought up. Uh, everybody got along so overall i would say i had a very happy childhood you know not like overly amazing but also just like compared to anybody else's i guess you know just pretty normal pretty happy yeah no that's
5: that's uh, (laughs) it's, it's funny because i feel like anytime anybody has that experience in in certain ways you feel you feel weirdly apologetic about it because I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm sure you have friends that have had shitty childhoods and that like could care less about their parents. You feel like anytime you're like, oh no, like uh, it was pretty good. Like it's that it's that weird. Like I'm sorry you experienced that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like I feel I feel so bad for you, but no, I, I love my parents. You know, yeah. I, like I, I I had a good time. I don't know. I had, yeah. They were just great parents. I think they like. I mean, I I messed up when I was younger, like every kid, you know, every now and then. But they're just like I feel like they did a pretty good job. So yeah. I I have no no beef with my parents so yeah which is awesome yeah.
5: and so like once you started to you know dive into you know high school and all that sort of stuff was that was that kind of when music started to become more a part of your life or had your parents raised you with it at all
1: not really like my parents were into music but i mean they instilled like billy joel in me and, like stuff like that all that all that kind of stuff i love and like journey and Fleetwood mac and stuff like that you know like all always love but as far as like really being really really into music I think that a lot of it had to do with my sister. She was into, like, hip-hop and a bunch of different stuff, but, like, always open to everything, you Mm -hmm. know, which is really, I think, really important to me. Like, she was like, no matter what you're into, just, like, just be into it, kind of, you know? So she introduced me to a lot of bands that, looking back, I think are just awful. But, like, now it's like I can see at least she was opening my eyes to new things. And then I guess when I was about 15 or 16, I really started getting into, like, indie for lack of a better word bands yeah. like underground punk bands like I actually had a friend Greg too and his older brother was really in the hardcore at the time like he introduced me to bands like Snapcase and Shelter and Grade and sure. like all the, stu- all the stuff that just like blew my mind when I heard it and like filled my love for it and like, playing specific guitar for stars and stuff like that. So as soon as I started getting into that stuff, I was just hooked immediately, you know? Yeah. And then ever since.
5: So. In high school, did you, did you care about school? Did you have a good experience or was it one of those things you're just like, yeah, well, let's keep my head down and get out of this thing?
1: Sure. Right. No, I, I actually had a good time in high school. I know that's not like a very cool thing, you know, yeah. like, ah, oh, high school, you know, but it's like, now, nah, I, I mean, like I didn't love high school, but I had like, I had a good amount of friends, you know, I got along with everybody I, I feel like, I mean, this may, I don't know. I rarely had a lot of enemies. You know, I, I feel like in general, I try to get along with pretty much everybody. And if I have a problem with you, it's just like, All right, I'll just steer clear. Or whatever. But, like, I don't really remember this time where I was ever, like, having beef with anybody or just, like, even with, like, the actual schoolwork itself. Like, I didn't, I wasn't, like, a straight-A kid, but I was, like... I'm like a B B student, you know, so it was just like I don't like sit back and like reflect on high school, like, man, those are the greatest years of my life but I also like I don't have any hateful spite towards high school or anything. I, I don't know, I still keep in touch with a good amount of people from high school. So, I don't
5: know. Yeah. Overall, it was, it was fine for me. <laughs> yeah. No, which is, which is cool. I mean, that I had a very similar experience as well. And I think, uh, I mean, I think you and I are similar in that, where it was like, I enjoyed school and I invested some time into it. But I definitely, you know, once, once music obviously came into play, it was like, oh, like, that's all that I really kind of care about. Like, you know, right, sc- yeah. sc- school's whatever. But I definitely found myself being sort of like, oh, that weird kid that's into like weird music, but he's cool. Like, he's
1: funny. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I had like a lot of friends who were just like, sports guy and like I I like sports too, you know. I didn't really play in high school but like I was I was always cool with it, you know, and i it, i didn't start playing bands till after high school but like i was always the guy who's like oh yeah like kyle he likes he likes hardcore and this like crazy music that's cool he, you know he's straight edge whatever i don't <laughs> so everyone, like it wasn't like a, i never got made fun of it all my friends just thought I was like they went into it but they thought it was cool that i was you know
5: right right which i i just i i think that's such an important experience because it's like not only does it obviously help you, like, grow as a person because you're not being, like, condemned for any one. one yeah. yeah, but then uh, it it widens the people's experiences around you, you know, because they're just, like, you know, very rarely are you going to come across, like, you know, after they've, like, left high school and whatever. Like, you know, when you're, like, 35 years old, there are very rare instances where you're going to run into, like, a, you know, a straight-edge <laughs> kid. Like, you know, he's, he's X'd up ready to go to the show or something like that. It's, like, right. So because you had that, there's like, oh, that experience of like, I, I see where it, it adds to a more holistic experience for people that, you know, have, would never have experienced a person like you. It's awesome.
1: And that's a cool thing, too. It's like, I'm not straight at anymore. At the time, like I didn't, when I was in the high school, I didn't really claim it anyways. I was just kind of like... I mean I like I could myself straight edge but I didn't preach about it. I yeah. know. You were
5: um, you were you were repping it. You weren't uh, buying every varsity letter jacket possible and <laughs> right.
1: yeah. yeah, I was just like, "Hey, I don't want to drink." And all my friends were cool with that too. So I feel like I I feel pretty lucky with like my friend or support group in high school cuz like I really was into like my own thing. And I mean, I had a couple friends who were into the same things too, but overall like everyone just kind of was into whatever and everyone was cool with it. So yeah, but uh, it was cool to like not drink, do anything, and then have people be cool with it, you know? And they're like, oh, that's cool. If you don't want to do that, fine. More for me, in a way, you know?
6: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June, and you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea. i got to, like, accomplish all these other things. Take a moment. Focus on the things that, obviously, for one, matter to you, but for two, look back. Be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help, but where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally, and I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel pcom slash Ray.
0: Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Subject to eligibility requirements, rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
4: This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Yeah, no,
5: I, it's yeah. It just makes it, like you said, it it makes you have the experience where you can look back on it and be like, oh, those, you know, those aren't like the golden years of my life, and I'm never like that was it. Those four years were the best time of my <laughs> life. But you can look, you can you can build off that and be like, oh, that was a good experience. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: totally.
5: Um, and so, did you like once you started, obviously, like go to shows and that became an important part of your life? Did you immediately be like, oh, god, I can't wait to sing for a band? Like, how <laughs> was that your vision, or was it just like yeah. was it by default? Well,
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think, like, going to shows, I kind of knew that I was, I was always just really into bands and music and just, overall, I just thought it was, like, the coolest thing, you know? And certain bands were into such different things and, like, preaching certain things. I just thought that was cool. And then, like, I'd go to shows at the Auto Bar in Baltimore all the time. Um, and I, I really thought, like, at one point I was just like, man, I I really should just start a band because I couldn't, I could play guitar a little bit, but not really well enough to be in a band. Like, I, I suck at guitar. I'm not good, um, but but, th- but that was like, that yeah. was
5: that was your first like you wanted you, you, the guitar was the first thing that you kind of went for.
1: Yeah, yeah. When okay. I was like, when I was going high school, I like I got I got a guitar for Christmas and then I took some lessons, so I can like I can play basic chords and stuff like that. But I'm just I'm just a shooting guitarist. But, right, uh, right. So <laughs> Yeah, like But it really started. Cause I, I went to the community college near my near well, the one of to my house. Um, Cameronal community college and I met a bunch of people there who were into bands and like I had been with people from going to shows and the kind first of band I was in started because um this dude Brian I knew, who was the old drummer of pianos actually too, um mm-hmm. his girlfriend said that he was looking for a singer for a band. I was like, Well, I'm never saying for a band, but shit, I'll I'll try it, you know, why not? So I ended up looking up with Brian. I just went in it wasn't even really a tryout, I just kinda like They were just jamming, and they just kind of gave me a mic, and I was like, "All right, here we go!" and just started screaming. I guess it worked. (laughs) So
5: that's that's what
1: happened. I don't By default, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I really, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing at the time, but I guess they so you, they they seemed to think it all right and I thought okay also
5: so it's kind of funny because you you strike me not using this in a in a negative light but you strike me as like mm. a, you know a private or more quiet person um in the sense that you know you're not like this you know crazy lo- loud, loud boisterous guy you know it's like <laughs> you you're not you're not going on stage and like you know throwing a bunch of jokes in between your songs or anything right so it, it's funny that that they were like oh like yeah Kyle like he would make sense to just like yell for a band
1: Right, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I think, I don't know what their, like, what their idea, because Brian, the drummer, was really the only guy I knew at the time, and they pretty much had a full band fleshed out, and they were just looking for a singer. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So I think when I came in, like, do them knew me, and I'm crazy. I'm not a really timid guy, but, I got, yeah, I'm not the most outgoing dude in certain situations, especially that, where I'm like, nervous as hell. I was going to sing for the first time, but I think I just kind of went in there and made myself do it and just did it, and I, I mean, like, I'm. I think I'm a nice enough guy where I can like make friends too. So it's usually start hanging out with those guys. It's great. You're like, oh cool. yeah, I feel comfortable with you now. But yeah, that's a good point.
2: I never really thought
5: about it that way. I, I think that's an important distinction. It's like you, you're not you're not standoffish because obviously you, like you said, you can make friends with people. But yeah, you're not that. You know, you're not the guy in your classroom that's just like, hey, pay attention to me for 20 minutes. I'm gonna yeah, I'm right, gonna make right. I'm gonna make everybody laugh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends on like how comfortable I feel or like the certain situation. Man, if I'm around friends or not, because yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone's like that in a way. But yeah, overall, I I also have not so much stage fright anymore just because I've been playing shows forever, so that was really bothering me. But like, yeah, I just don't really, I don't really like being in front of people like yeah. that in a way. So, and also when I start talking, I feel like I just make an ass of myself. So. Play and then be gone. Unless unless someone's like speaking to me that night and I feel like I really need to get off my chest, which has happened before, but overall, it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to play and then get off because I feel like an idiot.
5: (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember the first time that I saw you guys, but you can always tell, or at least I personally can, like when I look at a band play and I'm like, okay, the focal point of a band is obviously usually the singer because everyone is paying attention to what's happening with him or her. Yeah. But uh, when I first saw you guys play, I definitely saw exactly what you're talking about. Like you were you were at home when the song was playing, but then in between Ooh. songs, you're just kind of like, "Well, let's get to the next song, guys. Let's go."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I like, and not in a bad way. Like I'm saying, where it's like, no, "Oh, no, no.
5: <laughs> oh, Kyle looks super fucking uncomfortable."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It is true. Like, I when the song's playing, I feel as, as cheesy as it is. Like I'm in my element. You know, we wrote these songs together. And it's like we're there for a reason to play this song. You know, and that's how. That's I think that's how we all feel. Like when we're playing, it's like we feel right and comfortable and normal but then like in between songs i mean at least personally for me yeah it's like we tune i'm just like i don't really have anything i want to say <laughs> so i'm just gonna like, kind of stand here and not try to look like an idiot so yeah i don't know, <laughs> I, don't know. I, mean, okay. I, I think over the year over the past couple of years being on like bigger tours and stuff i was I've tried to be a little bit better with that, but overall, yeah, I just I just want to play play and get off.
5: I do inherently think it's something you can, like you said, you can learn and adapt as you do it more, like like in anything mm-hmm. in life. But I definitely think that there's something inherent with getting up there and being able to like be in front of people and do it I mean it's like you know you, you can survey a hundred people on the street and you'd be like like how about I put you in front of a hundred people and like you know kind of just do your thing 99 people would say like oh fuck no that's terrible
2: Right.
5: so it's not a it's not a normal thing but it's like certain people are more predisposed to that just of you know various circumstances so it's like it, what you're feeling is normal but it, it's definitely um, you know funny that you have to be the focal point you're just like well I got that <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll do this.
1: Right, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, over over the past couple of years, I feel like I've definitely, I don't know if it's I stopped caring so much about being in front of people, like what people think. It's like, well, I'm going to be here, up here, whether or not you like it or not. So, if you like it, awesome, I really hope you do. But if not, it's like, I'm still up here playing. So, I think my mindset a little bit has changed playing bigger shows and stuff like that. Mm. You know, because I'm always, I'm always nervous before every show, but now it's just kind of, it's a different kind of nervous,
2: Mm-hmm.
5: i
1: don't know it, it's hard to explain you you know I, yeah I don't
5: know. no no i i i totally empathize with what you're saying i definitely yeah it was one of those things like i never i mean me being an only child like for whatever reason it's always been easy for me like i never had i mean i obviously most people when they first start playing a bands that are fucking atrocious as a singer it's like you know i i have <laughs> you have no quote-unquote stage presence but then you know, tour, like once we started, once Taken started to tour and be more of a thing, it definitely felt, mm-hmm. I never had any problem with that. But it, in talking to people like you and, you know, many of my other friends, I totally like getting where you're coming from. I'm like, oh yeah, like it, it, I understand why it's not easy.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Don't get me wrong. I love singing for a bit. I, I love singing in general. I I love it. You yeah. know, I love being up there playing songs with my friends.
5: Right. But it's
1: definitely and it, just because you love it doesn't mean it doesn't make you any less stressed about it. Altogether. Yeah.
5: Let me ask you this on the flip side of it. So do you prefer recording over performing live?
1: Oh no, no yeah. way. Good. I hate I hate recording. <laughs> It is. It's the I, worst. Like my bandmates make fun of me all the time because I just stress myself out so much. And it's like from an outsider's perspective, people, oh, you just get in there and just wail, you know? Who cares? It's like, but there's so much more to it. And now, like. Specific, specifically trying to sing like actually sing sing more and like hit a certain note you just, you just have like all these like things in your head that you're trying to do and you if you're just having a bad day or you're like feeling emotional well not feeling emotional because you're feeling emotional either way but like if you're stressed out about something or like you're getting frustrated with your own body because you can't hit a certain note it's like the most frustrating thing and and i hate it yeah. <laughs> like for the guitar i mean that's not any easier like recording any instrument I can you imagine doing that ever you kinda you get a tone you know you know what you're gonna play and you just you play it till it's right with with your voice. It's like it's kind of the same thing, but it's like if you can't hit that note you just you just can't hit it right it, i think it's it's so at least for me it's just so frustrating when you have a when I have a certain idea in mind, and I can't do it hmm. like that day at least you know it's
2: yeah i overall i
1: just i hate recording it stresses me out so much
5: i i completely agree and empathize with you is if you if you had a list of 100 things that you know comp, you know, comprise a band like the activities that involve being in a band you know rec- recording for me was always like 99th like i'm sure you've experienced this as well the the experience of okay you know especially obviously like you know screaming like so you're in the vocal booth you're fucking yelling your head off you're you know you're sweating you're spitting all over your lyric sheet like it's it's a, it's a total mess in there and then you know everybody's in the in the control room like you know usually like on their computers or phones or whatever the fuck they're doing yeah and then you come in because it sounds like absolute shit through the headphones you're just like i'm ruining this, oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm ruining this record
1: i'm ruining this right. record yeah dude and, and that's exactly what you think the entire time like well this perfect masterpiece is going to just get destroyed <laughs> totally <laughs> and then by uh,
5: so you're beating yourself up and then you walk into the control room and you 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 want you want this like overwhelming validation from like either your bandmates or like the the dude who's who's tracking you. You want like you know like good job or or some sense of emotion. But usually you walk into the room and it's like fucking just dead air. Nothing. Yeah, yeah
1: dude, it's, it's the worst. Like it's it's two things. You walk in there and you do a take, and and then like the whoever's recording would be like, so how do you feel about that? And it's like I don't know, I feel pretty good. And then I don't know, what do you guys think? And then they're like, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. It's like all right, well, you said everything sounds cool for the past two hours, so it's like. Tell me if you hate it or like, you know, that I just won't say anything. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like uh, well, I'm just going to assume if you don't say anything, you're cool with it. And just, just going to let me, cause I know like my own bandmates, they trust me to do what I'm going to do and hopefully not fuck it up too, too badly, you right. know, but it, it, it's the worst. And also with me, when I'm recording, I'll say a line or like, I'll do something and then like stop the take like the the recording the engineer will like hit the button where you can hear what's going on in that room or whatever and I can just hear the dudes like changing my words to make it some stupid ass which is like it's like hilarious in hindsight. Like when it's looking back on it now it's always so funny. But then when when it's happening, you're, like, trying to be so serious and, like, pour your guts out recording. And then, like, two seconds later, somebody's just immediately making fun of some serious thing you just wrote and making it into a joke. It's, like, holiness, but the most frustrating thing in the world, too. And, like, my band and I always joke about it.
5: You hit on such an important point of that, you know, the the other experience when you walk into the control room, like you said, after pouring your guts out, and then being, like, you know, your your guitarist being, like, hey, did you say uh, you just stuffed a corn cob up your ass? Like.
1: Yeah, it, that's it's exactly what it is. It's just, yeah. it, it's hilarious and I would probably do the exact same thing if, if I was in their position but it, it's just, yeah, uh, it's the worst. Like, I just like, I want to kill people when we're actually doing it.
5: Yeah, for the band that you obviously like started to sing for, um, you know, did that did that have a name? Was that like your first like band that you actually like played shows with and stuff like that?
1: That was, that was my first band experience. Um, we were called Cartel, Cartel Lover <laughs> which, um, okay. our guitar, yeah, yeah, I know. No, I was that's, I mean.
2: that's not
5: a bad that's, a, that's not a terrible band name like i've heard worse
1: well you, okay <laughs> i'm not saying much but yeah it was like our guitarist thought of it but it, it, it just stuck but it was like we kind of wanted to sound like hot cross meets like q and not you or and like Me Without you maybe i okay. don't know but okay. it, didn't sound, it didn't sound like any of those bands like i i had, i loved hot cross they're one of my favorite bands um so i think vocally i just i just kind of wanted to sound like that you know uh-huh. i didn't really have an experience singing so i was like i'll try to go for this. But yeah, it didn't sound like any of those bands. It just sounded more, like, spazzy. Yeah. I don't know what it's like. It was, like, dancey, spazzy, out-of-tune guitars. Like, I, I got a soft spot for it because it was my
5: first band, but it, was just, it, it just wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think most people's first bands should be terrible. Right. Should be terrible. What You know, in doing these podcasts, I've definitely, you know, like, using a random example, I, I talked to Davey Havoc from AFI. AFI is his first fucking band. And I'm like, God damn it. it like, must, must be nice.
2: Seriously. <laughs>
5: Yeah, to have it be like, you know, not not even from like a career or famed perspective, but to be like your first band still exists and you can still, you know, like be proud of a, a majority of your output.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's insane to me. I
5: know. I know. Everyone has to eat shit being terrible bands like that's just part of it. Right, yeah,
1: part of it. And
5: so then you—that's how, you,
1: uh, how you learn like what you're good at and what you're not. Yeah. You
5: know. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And then, and then you know, you can argue that it's like, yeah, you look at the first, you know, three or four AFI records, and they're so all distinctly different that it's, you know, you're like, okay, those are those are technically your first bands. Like they're they're just right. under the name AFI. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so then, uh, you know, in in high school, did you find yourself having like other interests as far as like, oh man, I can't wait to like. Go to college like you know did you have that sort of drive or was it like hey i really kind of like to focus on this music stuff
1: well i went to yeah i went to community college for it took me for i have my associate's degree um but it took me four years to get it because i went i went full time for the first year and after that i would like i would go but not take like a full course load and just kind of like take a certain amount of credits and then i took i think it took a total of like two or three semesters off too So, yeah, I just, I really took my time with it, and I was so close to having my associates that uh, towards like the third year, I was just like, you know, I might as well just get this so I can have it, you know, because it's going to be stupid if I have all these credits and don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. So, I, and I think all I needed was like Algebra 2 or something like that to get my associates, but I started playing in another band, which was the second band I was in. They were called Counting the Days, and it was just, I was playing bass for them because they needed, basically started going tour with them. I'll get into that in a second. But they were doing their first tour with me during that math class. And I talked to my teacher, and she was cool with me leaving as long as I got like, a certain grade in the class, so I I did that, like, when I was on tour, and then I got my associates, and after that, I just stopped going to school. Like, I I always tell myself I want to go back and just, like, finish the the other two years that I need to do, but at Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, I was just doing gen eds, so I could kind of just go and just do that without having to really think about it, but now it's like, if I decided to go back to school, I'd have to, like, really figure out what I want to do because you're paying all that money and you can't, you know, it's at some point I'm going to go back, but I just really need to figure out what I like really want to do before I invest all that time in it.
5: Yeah, you'd just be spinning your wheels if you went back and you didn't, you know, really mean it.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, for sure.
5: Um, the idea that, you know, I mean, I presume you were just, like, you know, working random jobs and stuff like that when you were taking semesters off and everything and just kind of doing band stuff, like, in between all of that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I worked at, do you know Uno's, the pizza, the pizza place? Oh,
5: yeah, I'm familiar.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, I worked at Uno's for, like four or five years when I was younger, just like, especially with touring, like, like my managers were really supportive and cool. So they're like, yeah, I, like I'd work doubles and just try to make as much money as I could for uh-huh. like a month. And then just go on tour for a month and then come home. Going back to the college thing, I was uh university of Baltimore. It's a college like right in the heart of the city. I actually enrolled to go there, but then after that, that band counting the days I was in, after I had quit that band, they asked me if I wanted to do merch for them in Europe. So I was like, yeah, you know, Okay, I'm not. I'm never going to go to Europe. I'll I'll do that. So I I just like canceled everything that I would set up for college, and, and but then they ended up not having enough room for me to go with them to Europe, also. So I pretty much just didn't go to college, and then didn't go on tour. So I did absolutely nothing. Right. <laughs> that sucked.
5: <laughs> but the uh, well, I, the, those jobs are always great to have, so that you can yeah, you can like you said, just fund the idea of being like okay, well, I've saved enough money now, I can go on tour and waste it all.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I I don't know. Uh, yeah, pretty much for the past. Couple years I've been touring, that's pretty much all I've been doing is just working random jobs and going on tour. But I've been driving, um, I drive trucks for a production company now. It's technically freelance work, but I only work for one company. Uh-huh. But there, it's like a bunch of musicians and visual guys too. So it's cool with me leaving for tour, and I always have a job when I come back. I mean, it has slow seasons, but overall, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years, which is pretty cool.
5: Yeah, no, that's awesome because yeah, it's it gives you the ability to you know be able to obviously do the band and be able to put that together. Yeah, oh. yeah, for sure. You know and something I always find interesting too, and like the way that you know bands are perceived. Um, you know, pianos, for lack of a better term, is a very serious band. <laughs> like, there's nothing. Right. You're not. You're not like putting it on. Be like, oh, like, hey, here's a nice Sunday drive. Like, no, this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You're investing in 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 the band and the records and whatever music you're listening to. I just always find it funny because it's like uh, people always presume that the art that the person is creating directly relates to how they are as an individual
2: <laughs> yeah. where it's like oh
5: obviously all the guys in pianos like are just just stoic statuesque figures that you know laugh once a year like do, right. do, do people have that impression of you or or is it i mean when i say people i mean like kids that go to shows and like you know if they come up and talk to you they're just like oh wow you're normal or whatever like do you have those sort of right. interactions
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know, it's strange, because, yeah, obviously the subject matter is very, very serious, you know, and we, we obviously, we take our band seriously, and we want to write about stuff that matters to us, you know, but, yeah, it's like, aside from the band, we are all just total idiots. I mean, you've met us, you know, we're yep. all just like, we're not, we're not these serious guys. I mean, we're, we can be serious and we are serious about certain things just like anyone but like overall we're just toads man I don't know like we're not we're not these serious guys we like to have fun play music because we want to play music and we love doing it. we love going on tour and having fun I haven't really noticed that shows kids coming up to me and being like oh my god I thought you were going to be like this dick or like so sad I, I haven't really noticed that I mean maybe people aren't coming up to me and talking to me because I think that and I, I just, I'll never know that yeah. but
2: yeah. overall
1: I, I haven't really noticed anything Weird. I, people come up to me and like tell me like extremely like heartfelt, sad, personal stories, and it like breaks my heart. And that can be it, it's weird. It's it's like a mixture of like I'm so grateful that like we wrote something that can help people. But at the same time, it's like I'm kind of dealing with my own thing. I don't really know. I don't really have any advice for people. You know. I and I think some people just want somebody to talk to and mm-hmm. somebody to kind of relate to. i like, I will forever be more than happy to be that guy. You know. It's like if I helped you. Also, about the same time, it, it is this like unspoken pressure of like, I'm sorry, I don't really know what I don't know what to say to you. You know, it's like I, <laughs> I, I can't really. I'm not necessarily the most optimistic guy when it comes to this kind of situation either. So I, I don't want to be like, you know, everything's gonna be great, everything's gonna work out. It's but right. I'm also not gonna be like, yeah, life sucks. You know, I, I don't know. It's, I still, I fully haven't really how to handle those kind of situation here. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but like you were know, on her. Yeah. Um, every night, you know you're going to talk to people every night about one thing or another. So it, it weighs on me every now and then, but I also, like, I never want people to feel uneasy about coming up and talking to any of us, you know.
2: So, yeah, no, uh, I...
5: No, I totally, I, I can I can completely see exactly where you're coming from because it's like, especially when people, I mean, the way that, you know, obviously art, entertainment, whatever you like to call it, is set up, you know, it's a one-sided relationship. You know, you, you as a consumer are, you know, listening to something, watching something, experiencing it, putting it in your own life, putting it in context at what it means to you. In the case of independent music, you have the... It, Accessibility of doing exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, okay, these people that have created this, well, they've taken, you know, I'll get by. Like they've taken that song and they've been like, okay, mm. this, it, it applies directly to my life. I have all of these, uh, you know, preconceived notions and all these things I want to say to you and spill this all out. And then <laughs> you're expected... And not like in a mean way, but you're expected to kind of, yeah, yeah. Expected to like kind of clean it up and be kind of like, oh, yeah, well, because I went through this and like, well, this is what I did. Here's some fucking pointers. And it's like, dude, no, I'm, like you said, I'm experiencing the same shit as you are, except maybe I'm just older.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's like I don't really, I don't have any like great, like, epic. Piece of advice to give you. I just kind of like, I mean, maybe, maybe just the fact that you know somebody else went through the same kind of shit as you, maybe that'll help you, and that's really all I can offer. I mean, but also, it's not, that's what I personally chose to write the lyrics about, you know, so I can't, I can't be upset about people wanting to relate to what I'm talking about because it's like, yeah, that, that is what it's about. That's what I wrote it about. But at the same time, it's like, I can't really tell if I, sh- if that is my obligation or not you know, like I've talked to friends who are in bands and stuff too, who like, who you're also friends with. They all deal with the same shit. And it's like, there is a line that, that is crossed, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't really know how to put it. It's like, there, yeah, there's a certain obligation that's expected from you, but at the same time, it's not really my fault for it. Does that make sense? I don't know.
5: It's, no, <laughs> I, I, no, I totally agree. And I think <clears throat> the way that I've put it in context is the fact that, you know, you you as a, you know, like, like I said, consumer, to put it in a, a cold term, it's definitely great that you have this experience, but you also need to be, you know, respectful and mindful that whoever you're having this experience with, as far as like the person creating it, you can't You can't expect them to, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, where it's like, you know, clean up, you know, make make you feel better about it. Like how you feel better is how you consume that product, because that's essentially how you've interacted with that person. (laughs) And it's like having that line uh, put up where it's just like, okay, well, I'm I'm a human like you and I experience basically the same things as you do. You know, I can't, I can't offer you solace besides this record
1: that we've put out. Right. And, and, exactly. I mean, that's perfectly said.
5: Yeah, no. But and and I think that the, the point that you hit on too, where the idea that to know that there's someone else out there <clears throat> that has experienced that you know, I mean, for lack of a better term, refreshing, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, well, like, yeah. you're not in this alone, like whatever, however isolated you may feel, it's not a singular experience. Like, you know, like, like, honestly, it's like in the way yeah, I, I, I joked about the song, you know, I'll get by, but it's like when I first initially heard that, and I put it, you know, in context for obviously the lyrics and, you know, you as a person, what you're experiencing, and you know, the pa- mm-hmm. the passing of your father, you know, because my, my father died, uh, gosh, it's been uh, four or five years. Um, and it oh, was I'm like, sorry, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's an awful experience experience because it's like you don't want it's an inevitable experience but you know you don't you know we're we're, i mean i'm 33 you're 29 it's like you know we shouldn't be losing we shouldn't be losing our fathers that early honestly in like in the way that i experienced that song it was like uh you know it just it was like oh this is exactly my thoughts and my feelings about the way that things even though our circuit like I'm sure the circumstances of our father's passing are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Not of the same thing. There's there's just pull through. That that yeah,
1: so, I mean there's a certain emotion that's evoked through it that you can completely relate to. Right.
5: And like I I never in, you know, I mean partially because I'm a responsible adult, I never would have gone up to you and been like Kyle like you know Jesus Christ here's the song like here's every like i'm gonna I'm gonna tell you for a half an hour all of this experience
2: right
5: it, just because I, right. I feel if that were to eventually come out like it is now <laughs> I you know we would have had <laughs> it, it would have made more sense as opposed to just like all right I'm gonna dump all this shit on you and there you go dude have a good night I mean you know with that being said
1: though it, it is it's similar, but it is different because like you and I we met for the first time really on that on yeah. that tour but it's like we kind of knew each other. Yeah, who each other were, you know, so it would have been a bit different talking because like right. we were in the same situation, just hanging out, talking, you know, it wasn't, it wouldn't sort of a little different than just some random person that is what happened to me, you know, but yeah. but yeah, but even with that being said too, it's like, I can't fault somebody for wanting to do that.
2: You yeah. Know? So
1: I always feel kind of guilty about it. Cause like I'm on tour you know, I'm playing these songs every night. I really I don't really want to talk about them before or after we play too. But it's like kinda of, I kinda of put my myself in that position. So it's really Right. I feel like it
5: is my fault, you know. Yeah. Well and it's it's good that you keep that attitude because I think the moment the moment that you shut that off from your head where it's just like, Oh, like this is too much, I can't handle this even though it is like mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, it is a it is a chore. Um yeah. you, you still yeah, you still need to put yourself in that mind frame of like, okay, well, you know, I can I can be there to the best of my ability. Like that's all I can do.
2: Yeah, and I mean
1: I think honestly the I, the thing that I always try to do is like as long as I just I just try to be friendly with everybody and just give everybody like if anyone comes talk to me I'm not gonna go hey I will go and just immediately walk away you know like I'll, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean like I'm, not, I'm I don't know for the most part I'll always try to just like talk to somebody and just like not even talk about that like even if somebody tells me something be like oh man I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that I won't. I feel like in a way it's almost better to not even try to give advice because I'm just going to fuck it up anyway. So it's just like, I think maybe just an open ear is the best thing you know, I can offer.
2: Yeah, like, yeah. Even though
1: it's like, it can be draining as hell on tour when the last thing you want to do is hear some sad story. But it's like, I, I don't know, I think in a way it almost, that's what you have to do.
2: All
5: you're simply doing is engaging. You're just like, I, I'm yeah, yeah. I, I'm here and whatever experience you want to have, hopefully I can provide that for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms and summer glow peony shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com
5: when pianos you know started to you know tour more regularly and obviously you guys started to you know grow as far as uh, people paying attention to what you were doing i'm sure there were certain moments where it felt I guess for lack of a better term, like real, where it was like, like, oh shit, this thing that we're doing is kind of a, kind of a thing. Like people are really gravitating towards it. Uh, do you, do you have any of those early memories that, uh, or it can even be recent memories that, you know, (laughs) it really, it really just kind of solidified whether it was like, you know, a random show. It doesn't even have to be like a big event, but just those, those moments that you're just like, wow, this is fucking weird.
1: Yeah. Um, I think honestly the first time that we went to Europe and we were we were just we were in Europe and people knew our music. That was pretty uh, humbling <laughs> for all of us. You know, it's just like holy shit! Like, where are we? Like, I don't even, I don't know anything about anything right now where I am, but right. people are coming up and like know the music. So it's I think that was like an eye opener. And then yeah, I think also when we wrote like the Lack Long After and we started playing those songs live. I think was when. We, not just, like, huge thing, but we started seeing more people, like, getting into it, like, gravitating towards the songs, which is pretty cool for us, you know? I mean, that's not not why we wrote that record, but, Mm. like, it's cool to, like, really see people take an interest in it, in a way.
5: I think the common thing of what, at least least I've taken away from, like, independent music in general, where it's just, like, you know, regardless of, like, you know, how many people pay attention to you all you're wanting to inspire is a reaction in the sense of like I, I want you to either like fucking love what i'm doing or fucking hate what i'm doing right because it's like that there there are so many bands that fall in the middle of you know just in the middle where it's like oh yeah they're cool like they're a good band like they're good at what they yeah, do yeah. like you hear that right. all you hear that all day every day um and it's like it's so it, it, it's sad because it's like those are the those are the bands that will obviously you know in three or four years time will just completely fall off the radar. Um, right, and, and it's like that's why you know uh, that's why obviously is cool with what you guys are doing because the way that I see people interact with you, um, you know, just from a musical standpoint is like this you know this resonates on a, on a deeper level than just like oh dude they got some sick riffs bro like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) totally
5: right which is i'm sure that's like that that in and of itself is like a a gratifying thing for you to like kind of you know step back and be like oh wow
1: yeah it's 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 definitely a weird thing it's it's awesome but it's also like okay so we wrote this record that we're all like happy with but it, it was a very serious heavy record you know yeah um for me obviously but for everybody involved i think and so it is this weird thing where like not not that your band is perceived a certain way, but, like, the, the content of it, it's like, I don't know, we, we've had multiple conversations about this on tour that, like, I don't know if writing this record and seeing these songs every night and going on tour all the time, like, I don't know if that's, like, I, I mean, I, I know at first it definitely helped me, you know, because it just, like, it really got it out, like, my family, my friends, like my band, everyone was so supportive. And just like, I, I know hundred percent it helped me with like the loss of my dad. Um, right. but then like as a couple of years went on, it's like, I still get into those songs every night and it's like, it still means exactly the same, but it's also now I'm like, am I holding on too much now? Like, am I, yeah. the fact that I'm playing these songs and going on tour every night, is that like preventing me from getting on, or like moving on better than I should be by now? You yeah. know? So it's, It's definitely, it's a delicate balance. And I think, like, I think the fact that I love playing the song so much is, like, it's still okay, you know? But I also, I will say I'm excited to write a new record that, like, touches on a lot of the same subjects, but kind of how I feel now about them. So it's, like, I don't know. Yeah, It just this big topic of, like, am I really helping myself by playing these songs still? You know, because I know at one point, I was, but now is it almost doing more damage than it's good to like rehash it every single night? single yeah. Song.
5: No, that, I, that, that's a that's such an important like such an interesting point because it's like that's that's something that isn't that that's like collateral damage, you know? That's like something. Yeah. You know, you're the, the people that interact with art. Can remove themselves from it. They can take off the record, but it's like because you right. because you're living it on you know six six to seven months out of the year, um, you know that's something. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And I mean, I'm sure I'm sure as as things progress, like especially when you know you guys start doing another record, then then it'll start to make sense in the context of like, oh okay, yeah, this this is more harmful than good, or this is positive right. that, I, that I still experience this.
1: Um, right. Yeah, and it, it's also I, I feel like. Guilty is not the word, but in a way, it's like, okay, I had this shitty thing happen to me in, like, my life experience, but it's like, there's so many other people who have so many shitty things, and even more shitty things than they have happened to me, so it's, but I, I've, like, wrote, like, I wrote this, I wrote these lyrics to this record, and that's, like, kind of what has been latched on to people's ideas of our band I guess that's like what they think of they think of like a family member dying when they think of our band or something like that you know which is like yeah I almost feel guilty for that in a way that like I mean it is what it is I, I'm not sorry about it but I'm just kind of like man you know I kind of just I kind of just put it on this record and that is what it is now I can't get rid of it right in a way.
5: That, that's the, yeah it's like that's that that's the lasting legacy of, of that I mean you know not to be like grandiose about it but it's like that's the you well, know, no yeah people people are going to attach that meaning to that record um, and that's like you know that's something that you would never it would never have predicted when you were doing it but then once you're able to have context like you do now it's like oh wow okay I, right. guess, I guess that's how it'll be thought of um,
1: right yeah for sure and it's also like when we were writing it I told the dudes I felt weird because it's like it's, it's I mean I think vocalists and lyricists should be personal you should write about your own life it was like so so personal for me, you know, like losing my father. You know that like solely affected me within the band. But, and I told the guys, i like, was like, I feel almost bad that like you guys wrote this music. I think is amazing, and I'm just pouring my heart out over it, like with this one specific thing over the entire record. And they're like, No, nah, dude, like we want you to. That's what we wrote it for you to do that. And you know, so like I think I'll just say the guys in the band were like absolutely fucking incredible with like just letting me vent and get it all out. You know, I think. Like, I'll be forever grateful for that. You know, I my I, a right phone there's, like, God, shut up!" But <laughs> it, it really does like mean so much to me that you know, they're so cool about it.
5: You know, the band isn't a full time thing as far as like you're making a living off of it. But um, you know, how uh, how's it sat with like you know your 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 mom and the rest of your family in regards to like you're you're kind of putting because essentially you're putting your life on pause right now. You're just like, okay, uh, I, yeah. I have I have this job that you know is, is a means to an end, but it's not like you know the end game. You know, once you started to sort of you know focus on that rather than like oh let's quote unquote start my life um was that was that difficult for you know your mom your dad was alive when obviously things were happening or starting to happen for the band um so how did it sit with them were they just like what the fuck are you doing kyle right
1: well that's that's funny like my mom and dad have always been like they're always super supportive of what i wanted to do you know and I think, uh, I mean, of course, as your parent, they're always going to be worried about what you're doing with your life and stuff like that. So, like, in that, in that regard, they were normal. But I think a lot of it's my mom's fault because we started, we. Uh, my mom is Christian, and we went to this church called Mount Oak, which mm-hmm. is, like, a big church around the area. And they used to put on shows all the time, like, Zayo and, like, Stave Faker and, like, Project A6, and all the, all these, like, heavier, like, Christian bands, you know, stuff like that. So that's kind of, that was also an introduction for, like, heavier music for me. And my mom would serve pizza in the back. So it's like, she was like taking me to these shows. So honestly, it's kind of her fault that I got so into music too. Uh-huh.
2: Um,
1: but yeah, I think she was always like worried about me going on tour because she also had like the old mentality of like, Oh, you're going to go on tour. And like, there's going to be so much, like, sex and drugs. But, I mean, n- now she knows. It's not like that. But, <laughs> right, but, right. but I-, I think at first she was kind of worried about all that, but I was getting so into it. Um, then my dad was just kind of like, his whole mindset was, like, as long as I didn't ne- neglect my responsibilities, you know, and he's like, you can go on tour as long as you handle your shit, kind of, you know, but then I think when I started getting, like, really good touring more and more, he'd, like, he was stoked because he knew how much I loved it. But I think he was also just like, as a, like a worried father, he's kind of like, all right, what are you, what are you going to do when it's all over? But I, I don't know. I'd, it's funny. Now i <laughs> think thinking about it, like, man, if I go back and talk to him now, what do you think about it? You know? But it's, yeah, no, that, that would be, yeah,
5: it, <laughs> when you're trying to put all these things in context for, for a parent where it's like, okay, there's this thing called punk and hardcore. And then on top, yeah. it's like, there's so many layers to unwrap. It's so uh, it's difficult for them to understand it because, like you said, I mean, your, your mom's perception where it's just like, okay, well, it's like you know, Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just funny for them to be like, oh, okay, I get what it's like. It's you know, it's six dudes in a terribly smelling van. Like that's it. <laughs> right, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really. It's like yeah, we're sleeping on floors and we're playing at uh, some like. Shithole every night and doing the same thing the next day. And it's like, why is that even fun? It's like, I don't know, it just is, it's the best.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think now, like, we've been doing it for so long, my mom is like, I I think she gets excited because she knows how much I still love doing it. And, like, we have been doing, like, better tours in the past couple years and, like, doing okay. So I think my mom, and also I think she knows that I'm not, like, blindly, like, I'm not going to be 40 years old, like, Still playing the same shows, you know I mean, maybe like who knows maybe we'll never break up, we'll just do stuff here and there whenever we want you know who who right. knows, but like she knows that I'm not going to be doing this forever, but I've pushed it so hard up until this point, I just gotta take a little farther and see what we can do and and then once we're once we're done, we're done, you know and I, and then everything will be fine so. right
5: you're being you're being realistic about it because that's like i I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it's so funny because so many a a lot of bands have the the idea that you know, they start with like a business plan before they start with anything else. Whereas just like the the things that prove to be quote unquote successful are the ones that obviously start in an organic manner rather than like, oh, like, here we go. Let's do this as a career.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how it started. Like, I mean, honestly, if you would have told me when the band first started, like, late 2006, are we still be doing that? I'd be like, okay, maybe
2: cool,
5: yeah. But now it's like I'm so stoked that we are. You know, it's, it's, yeah. No, for sure. I want to hit hit on two last things before I let you go. I, I find it interesting just because, like we were talking about earlier, obviously music being cyclical, and then like you know the the idea that, especially within the past you know five to seven years, uh, you know bands that obviously are are peers of yours, um, you know, a Touche, a lot of spew, all that stuff. Um, it, it's so it's so funny to see this um this crop of bands that obviously you know are are presenting their music in a very honest fashion and kids obviously gravitate towards it is it uh you know, is it is it funny for you to kind of put your band in context of all of that to just be like this is weird that like we're part of this this kind of uh, for lack of a better term, collective. Like, this the scene that's, like, you know, bubbling up and obviously has bubbled up even higher now. Does it... Do you, guys, do, you, do you guys talk about it in the band at all, or is it just kind of one of those things I, where it's like, eh, it's funny?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's it's strange. It's I mean, it's flattering for us to be lumped into, like, such bands that we respect musically and as people, like, we're best friends with all those guys. You know, so it is... It's definitely humbling to be a part of it. But it's also just kind of, like like we said, I, we never really like sought out that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like we didn't really try to like, like this whole like resurgence thing or whatever. I think we, everyone, like it's not even my band, like everyone's band. It's just like, I don't really, we didn't set out to try to do a certain thing. We just like started playing music that we liked and then like made friends with other bands that were doing it. And then just kept being a band and kept touring and kept doing it. And I think that's, that's honestly how it happened, you know, but I, I think, people are writing powerful records that are important and mean something. I think that also contributed to it, but it is, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a strange thing to be kind of lumped into all of it. I mean, I'm I'm honored. I'm grateful, but it's also not like I just want to write records that I think are good.
5: <laughs> I mean, it's something that you you personally couldn't say, but I can say it just as an outside observer. Where it's like, there's there's something to be said about obviously being part of uh, you know a musical community and being like all these bands that are you know akin to one another. But you know, on the flip side of it, especially when a band exists for longer than you know two or three years, that can be limiting. That can be. A, right the quote-unquote ceiling because uh, you know I've, I've heard people refer to this in like not in a uh negative sense but in uh you know like the the warped tour ghetto where it's like right. the, the bands that it, <laughs> bands that, it, that like the ceiling of what they can accomplish as far as just like a musical uh you know like the the audience that they will play to is warped tour that's like the ceiling you know um which is obvious right. which is obviously a pretty fucking massive ceiling but a ceiling nonetheless and so where it's like, you know, I could see where you guys are coming from, where it's like, it's great, we're a part of all these bands and all these, you know, all these things are happening around us, but the, you know, not only your band, but obviously all the other bands that are in that same uh, ilk, you know, want to differentiate themselves from one another and not in the fuck you way, but like in a, well, no, we can play, right. to, we can play to different people.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure. That, that's the thing. It's like, we, we talk about this a lot and like, especially now, cause we're trying to write a new record. It's like we're not trying to write a, like a screamo record for lack of a better word. You know, we're just trying to write like a good record. You know, it's like, it's frustrating. It's, I feel like a lot of people who listen to hardcore or listen to certain bands, it's like you have a certain expectation of what you want them to do. And it's like, after you're in the band for so long, your music, your music, your musical taste changes. You want to listen to different stuff. You want to play different stuff. And that's like normal. You know, I know every band feels like that. So it's like, we don't always listen to like hardcore or screamo or anything like that anymore. A lot of us don't even listen to that kind of stuff that much at all anymore. So it's like, I, sh- I shouldn't say it like that. Cause we still have like appreciation for, it. we still love certain bands, but overall it's like, we listen to a whole bunch of different shit. So it's like, we want to just expand. And I can't really say for me, but I know I'll speak for my band. Like they're all so talented musically and can write like, awesome shit you know that it's like we can write other records other than just like heavy abrasive screamy records you know and i i mean that that particularly that's where i'm at right now i, I just want to write i want to write what comes naturally but also like something that i can be proud of at this point in my life yeah
5: well and i i think that i mean obviously you can look at the you can point to the song on you know the split you did with touche where it's just like the there's such a marked difference. Um, and not in a bad way, not in like, a, oh, we're distancing ourselves from our past, but just, like, in a, right. oh, this is the next logical step for what we are trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And, that, like, I feel we're forever thankful for Touche doing a split with us, too, because it's, like, I feel like that, I mean, I know Jeremy, Jeremy and I have talked about it multiple times, too, just about, like, we both kind of were happy with that split in a lot of ways, but really for, I feel like it gave us both a chance to kind of, like, write a weird song and see what we can do you know and then like move on from there so and, and I'll, yeah you can kind of hear it cuz Tushy's new record is amazing you know so it's like
5: right it's nice to be part of part of a community for you know kind of the the inception of the band um but then obviously it's like you know you want you want to grow past that just because everybody yeah, want everybody wants to ch- creatively challenge themselves
1: right yeah you don't want to get trapped in it you know it's I'd, i mean who like, I don't I don't know. I don't know how some people feel about it, but it's like who wouldn't want to play like I'm not saying we're trying to like sell out every show or I mean, that be cool, but it's like who doesn't want to play to like more people? Who doesn't want to write a record and like go on tour and like for the little time that you can like be successful and like hey, play like I can go on tour and play music to like a lot of people. I just I think that's cool, you know. I don't I have no problem with doing that. I know a lot of bands are like, oh, "I don't, don't want to play basements forever," which is like I love playing basements, also, but it's like
2: there's, there's if, you can, if you're
1: being if you're the same band and you still have the same intentions, I don't see any problem with like doing other things, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other yeah. conversation, but
5: yeah, yeah, no, I, you, you, your point is well taken. And the, the last thing I want to hit on was the, you know, the idea, obviously, like you know, you've we were talking about at the very beginning, where you know you're you're married now, you've been in a relationship for quite some time, and like the um, mm-hmm. the perils of being in a relationship that you're gone for a majority you know well, not a majority, but you know a decent amount of time, and like the the challenges that that imposes, but obviously, since you guys have you know lived through it and have decided to commit yourselves for life, you know, obviously I'm sure she's completely and very understanding um mm-hmm. of because obviously the last thing she wants to do is be like, "Hey, Kyle, you should quit the band because you need to spend time at home um, right. <laughs> but just the uh, you know the the, the challenges of you know, like being able to maintain that relationship where, you know, you feel so foreign when you return back home after tour, you know, I just always remember coming home from tour um, and having my um, now wife, but significant other at the time, uh, she was just like, she always gave me like a a three to four day window of like, okay, Mm. you got to get acclimated to like how to treat me. Like, you know, just, just in these ways of like, oh, you got to integrate back into like the real world. And like, you know, you have to, Think about, you know, fucking cleaning your dishes or whatever. Just random examples of, like, normal human behavior that you just forget because you're in a van. Yeah. I'm I, You know, I'm sure you have – there's a lot of thoughts you have wrapped up into that of how you obviously have been able to kind of, you know, make it work for as long as you guys have had.
1: Yeah, like you said, you have to decompress for a while, you know. You're, you're not – you're not know, constantly moving in a van with other dudes. You like you're in one place with one person, um which is great, you know. But it's just it's different, and it does take a while. Especially like, yeah, like you said, you're on tour for months, and then you come home, and it's like completely just like standstill, you know. And it, it feels insane. But I will say, Lauren has been like 100% supportive forever. Like ever that I mean, ever since she's known me, she's known that I've wanted to play in a band and like push it really hard and. You know, I, I, I can't say, like, if we started touring, like, 10 months out of the year straight, we'd both of our minds, you know, I don't think I'd want to do that anyways. Yeah, I think, like, go on tour for a month and then I'm home for a month and then go do something else and come back. It's It, it really it is a balancing act, but I think overall, like, we've what specifically that we do to make it work, we just do, you know, and she's she's always cool with it. I mean, it, it sucks for both people. I, I, I won't pretend, like, it's harder for me because I'm out on tour, you know what I mean? I mean, it sucks for me to be away from her, too, because I love her. It's like not hanging out and just like doing the normal everyday things you do with your partner, you know, but,
2: um, it is harder on her when I'm
1: gone, you know, so it's, I just want to train of thought again, but yeah, it, I don't know. She, she's very, um, independent in a way that like, she, I always joke she, she's definitely the adult in the relationship <laughs> um, like we I don't know we make it work like it sucks when I'm gone but when I come home it's awesome you know it's just like every couple on tour it's like you have like those days on tour where you just like set up it's like god damn it like I just want to see you like this, is, this sucks this is stupid this is frustrating but like it Overall, we we make it work. She's 100 percent supportive, and I don't know. She she yeah. she can cope, you know. So it's, I'm forever thankful that she's like that. Because if not, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I I wouldn't be. I probably wouldn't be in the band. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I do love Lauren more than I love pianos. So.
5: <laughs> right. 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 Well, yeah. You have the comfort of having obviously a support system at home and something something to look forward to when you do come home because it's like it is those experiences of of you know just doing. The the Most random simple shit like running errands together that you it it heightens your appreciation of it. You know, whatever the whole absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's a cliche, but I mean, there's there's truth to it as well. There is truth to that for
2: sure.
5: And so yeah, it's it's able to like I said, you know, you're able to enjoy those experiences maybe a little bit more than you would if it kind of you know became a you know a routine. Which routine is great, but you know if you if you take it for granted, that's obviously when it becomes you know yeah
1: no definitely and it's. Also, it, it it is, like you said, it gives you something to look forward to. Because, like, like, when I come home from tour, like, really, I mean, it's cool to see friends, but, like, Lauren is the really the only thing I'm excited about. Like, <laughs> right. hang out. I mean, now, it's weird to say my wife now. It's uh, it's sick. Like, I, I just want to hang out with my wife. Other than that, it's like, being home isn't really all that. You know, it's like, cool, I get to go to work and, like, hang. I mean, it's cool, but, like, after about a month from, like, right now, I'm already like, man, I'm, I'm excited to write. I'm excited to, like, go on tour. You know, like, so I love being home, but it's also, like, if it weren't for lauren like i'm sure i get annoyed on tour but like i wouldn't really have a huge reason to like stay in baltimore you know but like yeah now that i have a wife i want to come home and be with my wife
5: well i really appreciate you hanging out kyle this has been fun for me and i hope you've enjoyed it yeah, in man. some capacity as well
1: i have it's cool to just like talk and not be asked like uh- stupid questions <laughs>
5: <laughs> so that is that how about kyle uh, congratulations to him because he recently just got uh, married and i know we kind of hit on that in the interview but uh yeah a big congrats on that because that is a uh that is a huge step in someone's life and it's great when they're able to find that other weird person to be with visit topshelfrecords.com and pre-order the view blew it record visit propertyofzach.com. Visit 100wordspodcast.com, the editor for this episode, as always, is the beautiful and handsome, you can be beautiful and handsome, right? Tom Bridgefield. mad props to him. And um, until next week, be safe, everybody.
2: the
6: The show is sponsored by BetterHelp.